This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Well, it was a familiar tale at least a couple of weeks ago and a familiar same old story with Newcastle United and the continuing saga over the ownership of the club. Mike Ashley, the incumbent owner, has tried to get rid of Newcastle, let's be honest, yeah. quite a few times. Always the deal has fallen through. Yeah. And it was the sort of similar same old story with uh, this recent move from the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia to take over the club and pay, I think, what was it? 300, 300 million. 300 million. Yeah. Uh, in fact, 17 million deposit was paid to Ashley that was non-refundable. Non-refundable, exactly that. And we've spoken to our next guest at length previously. We had Lee Clark, a Newcastle legend, on this show because, well, we got a little excited four and a half months ago when news of this first broke because we thought, well, the only thing that needs to be done is the I's dotted and T's crossed and then a takeover would be done. We were dreaming, or at least Newcastle fans were dreaming of Newcastle being in amongst the big boys, not only of English football, domestic football, but European football as well. A treasure trove of cash spent not only on the club, but on the city, the surrounding area, a brand new training ground. On and on and on, Rob. But unfortunately, at the end of last month, the prospective new owners, they pulled out of a deal. Why? Well, they put it down to the fact that the Premier League were dragging their heels. We know there were piracy issues. We know Qatar were involved in this in some way, shape or form as well. And Newcastle fans, quite rightly, up in arms over this. They feel they have been cheated out of a chance of getting in amongst the big boys. A petition has been launched. An independent investigation has been called for. That petition has has garnered some 106,000 signatures. One man who I think was the, probably the first or second to ink his name on said petition. He is the former chairman of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust, a man who bleeds, so he does, black and white. It is Neil Mitchell, and he joins us now live on the line. Good evening to you, Neil. Evening, Chris. You do bleed black and white, and I can tell already you seem down in the dumps <laughs> about all of this, Neil, because you have been pulled forwards, backwards, set left and right. Emotionally, I know, you and an awful lot of Newcastle fans, you have been living, you have been breathing this over the course of the past four and a half months. Where are we currently at, my friends, with this petition? Um, well, from a position point of view, I think it's the biggest statement I could say from that as I've said for many years, having tried to organise the Castle United fans, it's like herding cats. <laughs> so to get 106,000 names on a petition, to get them all behind one very simple idea, and that's what I like about it. It's simple. It's not confrontational. You can do it from the comfort of your own, own set. Are you watching the telly or listening to the radio? Two clicks, it's signed and done, and your name's in with everybody else who wants basically an explanation. What's happened in this process? What's, what's gone wrong here? I mean, we certainly are aware of certain things that are, are believed to have been the case with this, and dragging their heels, I think, certainly is an understatement. A petition, Neil. Tokenism, or is it genuine change? You've said there it's like herding cats a little bit somewhat, so at least we've got all the Newcastle United fans on one page. But with regards to what this leads to, what ultimately will that be? It's a really good question. What next? Um, I mean, a lot of the MPs are getting involved now. I think there's now over 40 MPs have written to uh, written letters on behalf of Newcastle fans in their constituencies around the UK um, to, to push for answers, really. Um, but again, you know, I'm always wary of things which are over-politicised because 
politicians do like a popular vote, don't they? Mm. So it, it's difficult to know what next. And I think it's the what next and the where next, I think, is the key, really, for the next stage of this. Um, and a lot, not a lot of people really seem to have an idea. Can I ask, Neil, in terms of the, the, the investigation, the independent investigation mm. that you and, and other Newcastle, an awful lot of Newcastle fans are calling for, I know it's speculation and a lot of this is alleged, but what do you think has gone wrong? What has gone awry? What is scaring off the Premier League? I talk about the piracy issues. That's well documented. Have been yeah. some suggestions that one or two of the so-called big six not happy, not happy at the prospect that Newcastle could be treading on their toes in future years? Well, look, as you know, I've been on the, on the fringes of two or three attempts to, to get Newcastle United out of Mike Ashley's hands. And so I've had quite a, quite a few uh, chats with a few really good contacts and and I was aware when the bid was first announced that there was at least six clubs had objections into the Premier League, not not just one or two of the big six, um, and that clubs were were feeling threatened by money coming in to another club that could take away their chance at Europe or their chance at something else. Um, that's one element to it. The other element seems to be that the Premier League seemed to be insisting or seemed to have an issue with the public investments fund and unpicking that from the Saudi state. Mm. And in terms of that's what they seem to have been asking repeated questions about and almost insisting that they don't say it's been bought in part by the Public Investment Fund, but rather by the Saudi state. Now, what difference that makes, I don't know. I mean, compare that, for example, to Man, Man City's ownership um, it, 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 from Abu Dhabi. I mean, the... the the chairman of Abu Dhabi's Babadala Fund is the chairman of, of Manchester City. Yeah. So what's the difference, guys? Where, 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 where is this going wrong? And the other, other key date seems to be round about June the 1st. That's where everybody was getting really excited, certainly on the Saudi side, um, that things were about to happen. And then there's a new uh, new chief executive, the, the Premier League, or new chairman, rather, the Premier League comes into play, who seems to have a lot of links with somebody at a certain television station, and then all of a sudden more and more and more and more questions get, get asked. Yes, the piracy issue was well documented, but also, to be fair to Saudi, they've introduced 242 new intellectual property laws that they've never had before. To, I mean, if, you, if you're going to do something, at least do it, do it right. 242 new intellectual property laws that specifically talk about piracy. You know, it's like, what else can we do, guys? Mm. And I think then, from the fans' perspective, there's two things going on. It's not just about, we want Saudi in. It's about 13 years of, of putting up with Mike Ashley and making do. And his attitude that, it, just 17th is where, is where goals. Let's not get relegated this year. Uh, and no club should survive like that. You know, hearing Liverpool fans talk about 30 years of hurt from winning a title, when they've won... Lord knows how many cups and even played in two competitions we've never even been in yeah. in those 30 years. I think you've got no idea what hurt is. <laughs> um, and I think that's the problem, is, is you've got two elements to it. It's, it, it and, and that's the frustration. But to be fair this time, there is something different about this one. Mike Ashley is definitely a willing seller. Mike Ashley wants this deal to go through. He stated he wants this deal to go through. And there's even some suggestion he's mobilising legal teams to see what he can do to make this sale go through. And the way I've been explained it to a, a decision, that could be something as big as Bosman in the game of football could come out of something like this about how you can sell a club, who you can sell a club to, and who has the right to say, yes, that sale can happen and no, it can't. 
What about one name that has cropped up on numerous occasions when Newcastle have certainly been up for sale by Mike Ashley? A name that I've grown to associate with a failure to to offload the club or to put it in the hands of new owners, and that's Amanda Staveley. Neil, what 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 role does she remain or what role does she continue to play? And is she helping matters? Because it seems to me that if she is the, the broker, so to speak, she she's she's failed on so many occasions now that perhaps it would be more straightforward if she was no longer in the picture. Um, that's an interesting suggestion. It, 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 however, there's, there's one thing for, sh- for sure. That she, she hasn't been a hindrance in this. She's worked very, very hard indeed. Uh, and wouldn't just be a broker, by the way. It would be would come in with ten percent of the club, with part owner, along with the Rubin brothers, who also own a lot in, of, of real estate in Newcastle, including the racecourse, for example. So it's um, it, it will be difficult to tar her with a tire kicker brush here, um, okay. particularly when you've got names being fired around like Henry Maurice, who is the richest man nobody's ever heard of who seems to be repeatedly being linked with with buying the club yeah. now, who, who turned up. You know, four or five weeks into the deal, claiming he was going to pay fifty million more than the deal that had already been agreed. That doesn't sound like millionaire behaviour to me. Um, so there's plenty of other sort of shady parts to this you should look at, and I think Amanda Stavely is the last one you should look at. Neil, I want to ask you about this, and I know we've had numerous conversations off of the airwaves about this, and I'm playing devil's advocate mm. a little bit here, and I've done likewise on social media as well. There was a real interesting couple of sentences in their statement when they announced did Saudi Arabia and the Public Investment Fund that they were moving away or backing away from a deal. And I just want to read it to you now. I want to get your thoughts, mm. because there's a couple of lines in there that say, ultimately, during the unforeseeable prolonged process so that's referencing the fact that the Premier League were dragging their heels the commercial agreement between the investment group and the club's owners expired and this is what really kind of sticks in the throat a little bit and our investment thesis could not be sustained particularly with no clarity as to the circumstances under which the next season will start and the new norms that will arise for matches training and other activities now that's set an alarm bell off for me a little Neil because does that not and again I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here does that not suggest in actual fact they didn't really have a stomach for the fight that they looked at it and thought wait a minute here we're not going to make a quick buck. We're not going to make cash out of this because you know what? The money that would be coming in on a regular season with the whistles and bells on, with fans pouring into St. James's Park, it's not going to be there next season. And in actual fact, they've taken advantage of the Premier League dragging their heels, maybe just maybe, to back away because the money maybe doesn't make as much sense as it perhaps did four and a half months ago. I think if they were buying Man United for a couple of billion, you'd probably say that would be the case. But in the in reality, they're not in Newcastle to make a quick book. If you look at the plans that were made public, in part by discussions through Amanda Stavely, the very fa- various fans groups, you know, there was a definite plan for sustained investment, not just in the city, and not just in the football club, but in the wider region as a whole. And that investment our region's crying out for, mm. while long overlooked by the south of England, money disappears to other parts of the country before it comes to us. Now with Brexit's happening, we'll get no EU money anymore. And that's what rebuilt most of the most of the banks at the time, was EU money, not money from London. And so that's regeneration money that our city could badly need. And what, what we're seeing sailing out the door here isn't just hope for the football club, but it's hope for the city. And and so I, I, I would would say you're reading too much into that. And also, has it been officially withdrawn? Nobody seems to know. 
Is, oh. there, is there still something rumbling underneath the surface? I think there's legs in this yet, but I don't think it will be a quick decision. Okay, so last one, and I appreciate the time is ticking on for us. Last one from me then, Neon. We thank you for your time this evening. What then does the future in the short term look for Newcastle United? Short term is more of the actually austerity years. You know, you, you see Man City sign a centre-back for £41 million. Apparently our transfer budget this, this close season is £35 million in total. Okay, we, and we... that's going to get one away. No. Yeah, that indeed will get you nowhere in the short term. Who knows, though, Neil? Fingers crossed for Newcastle and, of course, all fans of the Keep club the faith, that lad. you get a resolution and you get the owners that you're after. Listen, Neil, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks, Neil. Cheers, guys. Always a pleasure. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.